welcome to Makers and Shakers of Chinese History. I'm Mark. Ask anyone in China, from kids to elderlies, to name a Chinese poet, it's most likely that they will say Li Bai. The romantic figure, who lived around 1300 years ago, is known fondly as the wine immortal, China's drunk god of poetry. Li Bai is well known for his passion for wine and travels. Most of his poems are about his enlightening adventures as a wandering drunk. For example, this one titled Drinking Alone with the Moon. From a wine pot amidst the flowers, I drink alone with nobody. To invite the moon, I raise my cup. We're three as my shadow shows up. Levi spent more than a decade travelling, living a life of ease, exploring and experiencing as much of the world as he could. Many of his poems depict the enchanting scenery of the landscape, such as Alone Looking at the Mountain. All the birds have flown up and gone. A lonely cloud floats leisurely by. We never tire of looking at each other, only the mountain and I. Such a romantic, who is content to be left alone in nature. It's time to open our fact box now. Number one, let's go directly to the magnitude of his popularity. Levi wrote about everyday things that the common people could relate to and appreciate, themes that are still very much relevant today, including romance, war, death, natural beauty and ancient scenic sites. For example, his poem selected by the UN for the stamp design, named Thoughts on a Quiet Night, goes like this. Moonlight before my bed, could it be frost instead? Looking up I see the moon, looking down I think of my home. It's a short poem about homesickness, the pining in the heart experienced by people from all walks of life, and from ancient times to today. Second point, Levi was not a freelance writer, so to speak. He was a member of the Hanlin Academy, affiliated with the Royal Court. When he was 41 years old, he was working as an official, even though he had not passed the imperial examination. He was, however, a well-recognised writer, and served to provide scholarly expertise for the emperor. However, it's probably no surprise that Levi's free-spirited personality didn't fit well with the political apparatus. In a poem written by Levi's friend, Du Fu, who was another great poet from the Tang dynasty, it was told that once the emperor asked Levi to accompany him on a marine voyage and write poems for him, but Levi rejected the offer with the excuse that he often got drunk. Levi's unrestrained personality and behaviour evoked strong criticism from a senior official named Gao Li Shu and the emperor's favourite concubine, Yang Guifei. The two complained a lot about the poet in front of the emperor, leading to Levi's exile from court less than two years later for an unknown indiscretion. Number three on the fact list is that he's often remembered for his great love of wine. 
In many of his poems, Levi praised the light-headed simplicity that good wine could bring. But as we know, wine and liquor can bring other things too. There are legends surrounding Levi's death, among which is one that links his death to drinking. He's said to have been drinking on a night cruise on the Yangtze River while, seeing the shimmering reflection of the moon, he leaned over to embrace it and fell in. Many others, both scholars and historians, believe that he died by his own hand. Drunk he might have always been, but Levi was no fool. On the contrary, he's often thought of as a genius. So for number four on our fact list, we go back to his poetry writing. Records have it that when he was only 19 years old, he was already a legend for his abilities to craft poems quickly and effortlessly. Of course, the most powerful testament to Levi's genius is the fact that his poems are still widely read, taught, and revered today. They're still a part of compulsory lessons in children's textbooks in China. Also outside China, Li-Bai is probably the most well-known Tang Dynasty poet, or Chinese poet in general, to Western readers. Although his poems were written well over a thousand years ago, they were not available to most parts of the Western world until the 19th and 20th centuries. Number five on our fact list is to answer the question of who was the first one to make Li's poems available overseas. A French sinologist, Marquis d'Hervé de Saint-Denis, is believed to have produced the first translation of Levi's poems into a Western language in his book Posées de l'Epoque des Tangs, a French publication that was published in 1862. The first English translation of his poems was published by Herbert Allen Giles in his text titled History of Chinese Literature, which was made available to the public in 1901. Last but not least, when we think of Li Bai, it's almost inevitable that the name of Du Fu, known as the Poet Sage, also pops up in our minds. The two were not just the greatest poets from the Tang Dynasty, but from China's literary history in general. Poems about friendship, or those exchanged between friends, were a standard element of the Tang poetic canon. There were numerous poems exchanged between Li Bai and Du Fu, as they had so much to say about how they saw themselves and each other. Just imagine, for example, how meaningful it would be if Shakespeare and John Donne happened to exchange a few personal sonnets. This is one of the poems by Li Bai titled To Du Fu in Jest. At Mount Rice Grain I ran into Du Fu. At high noon he was wearing a hat of bamboo. I asked how he got so thin. Could it be all the poem writing since? The poem was written by Li Bai in 746, marking his last time encounter with his friend Du Fu. Du Fu was 11 years younger than Li Bai, who was already a star poet. Du Fu was not only Li's friend, but also a fan of his. In his eyes, nothing compared to the poems of Li Bai. In contrast to Li Bai, Du Fu was neither praised nor recognised during his lifetime. But let's not rush forward. We'll relate the stories of Du Fu in our next episode. 
Time to sum up. Over a thousand of Li Bai's poems are still in print and revered today. Most Chinese, both kids and adults, can easily recite a few of his extraordinary poems about love, friendship, family, ambition, emotion, and also magnificent scenery. One of them being the waterfall in Mount Lu, viewed from afar. The mountain shines purple in the setting sun, from which water falls as if hung. Three thousand feet it cascades down. Is it the galaxy fallen to a civil town? The poem paints in the mind of a Chinese person a misty mountain scene in a traditional Chinese painting, almost heavenly. There are hundreds more of Li Bai's poems we could share with you, but that's all the time we have for makers and shakers of Chinese history. Special thanks to San Lian Zhong Du for making this podcast possible. I'm Mark. If you like the show, please give us a rating and subscribe wherever you listen. See you next time.